I'd like to wish you all a, a Merry Christmas. If I was a betting man, I would say that for basically everyone here, this isn't your first Christmas. You guys have probably done this before. And, you know, once you get past Thanksgiving and all the Christmas music starts coming on and the Christmas shows, you really get caught up in the season. And you've done this before, so you, you know what this is like. You know what the story is also of how Jesus is born, and, and that's the reason that we're here celebrating today. But I think since it's something that we can become so familiar with, at times we can forget of like how extraordinary of an event it is, right? It's, it's a truly extraordinary event. And at times when we become maybe familiar with it, or even if it is hard for us to understand what does it mean that God is born to us in human nature, sometimes we can just like push it off and, and almost like label it as like a fantasy or like fiction because it isn't something that we normally see every day, right? We don't see God being born in human nature, taking on flesh and living amongst us. It's just a story that we've kind of heard. So if it's something that we're too familiar with or something that's hard for us to comprehend, it can become a fantasy, a story. But the beautiful thing about how the church situates this is they're not afraid of the story, right? In the gospel that we heard, they give names of people, they give locations, right? We know that the emperor was Caesar Augustus, right? We know that the city that they went to is Bethlehem. You can go there, you can read all this. But if you're reading a, a fantasy or like a superhero comic book, most of the time they don't give like specific times or places because it's a fictional story that doesn't matter, right? If you're reading a fantasy, it usually says once upon a time in a land far, far away because it doesn't matter, it didn't really happen. But it's so important for us to be able to see that even though this was an extraordinary event, it really did happen. And not only did it happen a long time ago, but it continues to have an effect in my life and in your lives right now. That's why you're at Mass right now. is because you believe that Jesus being born and taken on human flesh 2,000 years ago has an effect in your life right now. Even if at times we can become familiar with the story. So let me try to put this into context, explaining you know, why we actually got to the point of needing Jesus to be born, and then what's it like to live afterwards, right? Which is, which is us. Ever since you know, God created the world, he created it good, but he gave us free will, the ability to choose either for or against him. And we know that the original sin in choosing against God created this separation between us and him. And what the Old Testament is, is God starting this relationship with the people, trying to restore this relationship, right? So with Adam and Eve, there was this separation between us and God. And God thought that we were worth it. He loved us. So he continued to develop this relationship. Because when you try to think about how a divine being can have a relationship with, you know, us humans... That's a huge chasm that he needs to, to try to split. So the Old Testament, he's slowly revealing himself, right? He's slowly revealing himself to us. And then he finally got to a point where the people became so familiar with him that he was able to send his son that they would believe in him. And this is what he had in mind from the beginning, right? So what Christmas is, is really the pinnacle point of our salvation in which God was finally able to break through to our humanity 
to send his son. That isn't where it ends, right? The church holds that Christmas is the second most important day of the year, next to Easter. But the story doesn't just end with Jesus being born, right? You guys aren't just coming here to Mass at night to celebrate Jesus being born, because if that's how the story ended, it wouldn't be good enough, right? Because that relationship between us and him still needed to be healed. So let me explain this. In my second year of of major seminary, so this is about two and a half years before I was ordained a priest, I was fortunate enough to be able to spend Christmas in the Holy Land, which is a great opportunity. And I remember uh, Christmas Day, and this sounds very strange, but there is a point to it. On Christmas Day, we, we prayed uh, the Stations of the Cross, which was very weird in, in my mind. I'm like, we're celebrating like this birth of a child, and now we're like celebrating his death. And the reason we did is we were in the Holy Land, right? We got to actually walk the steps of the Stations of the Cross, which was incredible. But as I started to pray with it, I saw that it was actually really fitting that we prayed the Stations of the Cross on Christmas Day. Because as sad as this is, like, that's why Jesus was born to us. So that he could die for us. That's what he was going to do, right? He wasn't just born to us to just kind of live amongst us, but he had a life and purpose, and it was so that he could be sacrificed and restore this relationship to God. He wanted to restore this relationship to God. And since he was 100% human, he could make that sacrifice on our behalf. And since he's 100% God, he could make that sacrifice perfectly. So he was able to do that on our behalf. So what we celebrate at Christmas is God taking on human flesh. And why did he do that? So that he could die for us. So that he could restore that relationship between us and God. He wanted to restore that relationship between us and God. This is also um, just kind of a beautiful tradition. Is that the Easter season, right, the Triduum, which leads up to Easter Sunday, it's Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and then Easter Sunday, right? So Holy Thursday, the Last Supper, Good Friday, the Crucifixion, and then Easter Sunday is the Resurrection. And the church holds that as one whole liturgy, right? So even though it's like three different days, the church holds that as one whole liturgy. So the reason for saying that is the way in which Jesus celebrated the Last Supper was so that he could give the the disciples and his followers a memorial to continue to be able to celebrate this action that he was doing on Good Friday, and then we would be realized in his resurrection, right? So what the Eucharist is, is a commemoration of Jesus saving us. And he didn't symbolically save us. He really saved us. And that's why we believe the Eucharist is in the true presence. So it's very fitting that on, on Christmas, we celebrate Mass, right? This is why Jesus was born to us, to be able to restore the relationship which we're able to continue to participate in. So leading up, you know, from the original sin to Christmas, we can see that God was developing this relationship. But as I said, this isn't just something that happened a long time ago. We're not just, you know, fondly remembering this event that happened 2,000 years ago, but it's something which we are continuing to participate in. Yesterday I was um, at the bishop's house, and he has this picture, uh, and it's 
his genealogy. It's his genealogy as a bishop, which is pretty cool. So it's Bishop Kagan was ordained by this bishop, who was ordained by this bishop, who was ordained by this bishop, and he can trace it, he has all the bishops, he can trace it back to the 14th century, which is pretty incredible. And the reason that that is important is because after Jesus rose from the dead, you know, spent some more time, ascended into heaven, the apostles were basically left here on earth to be able to continue Jesus' mission. And they went and they evangelized the entire world, right? Thomas went to India, James went to Spain, Peter and Paul traveled all around, they ended up in Rome. And what they would do is they would travel to a city, they would evangelize it, they would tell the people about Jesus, and then they would leave someone in charge and then go to the next city, evangelize it, leave someone in charge, go to the next city. And what we see is that these cities became dioceses, and the guys that they left in charge became bishops, and that bishop ordained another person who ordained another person. And that's the genealogy that we're able to trace back even to what we have in our particular diocese. So why are you at Christmas Mass? Because God loved us so much that he sent his son, not just to be born for us, but to heal this relationship which was divided, which even through our sinfulness is still divided. But because he loves us, he gives us the sacrament of confession to continue to participate in it. He gives us the Eucharist as memorial of the saving action, right? And it's something that we can still live in. So even though this may seem like an extraordinary day, something hard for us to understand, it's good that we're here at Mass, right, exercising our faith, saying, I believe that you love me and I want to continue to live in this way. So the, the Christmas season is truly an extraordinary time. E even like on the, um, and I mean this in a good way, like on the secular level, right? You guys aren't going to work tomorrow. Uh, you're going to be with family, which you probably don't see every day. Uh, you're going to eat probably better food than you eat on most normal days, right? You're going to watch movies or something like that. And it really is going to be an extraordinary day. It's going to be out of the ordinary. But it's good for us to take what's happening here in this Mass in an extraordinary way, back to the ordinariness of our lives. Right? In a couple days, you're going to be going back to work. Your lives are going to be going back to normal. But Jesus being born to us still has an effect in our lives. And that should change the way that we interact with everyone. That should change the way in which we carry ourselves. So let us receive Jesus this Christmas season. Let us live with the understanding that he wasn't just born to us, but he came to also die for us and to restore that relationship. And that's something that I'm thankful for, something that I want to continue to participate in, and I see that my life is better. So I'd like to wish you all a Merry Christmas. Please continue to thank God that he loves us so much and that we can participate in this so that we can all get to heaven.